0: The book of 2 Peter, of course, is written by the Apostle Peter. It's the second of two letters he sent to a gathering of churches worldwide that, uh, had, that he was sending them to. And uh, he, of course, now is an older man. He is going to die by crucifixion uh, by Nero. But According to historical effects, Nero will be the government leader. He actually tells us in 1 Peter to honor Nero. <laughs> he told his, uh, his, uh, his congregations to honor the king. Uh, honor all men. Uh, submit yourselves to the ordinances of the king, whether it be the king of supreme or governors. And and here now, is a little bit later, he, is, he knows that he's going to die. And he gives them a challenge to grow. He ends the book, Grow in Grace and the Knowledge of Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He begins the book with a challenge to put your faith in the person of Jesus. into his his promises, into his power, and add to your faith in Jesus the virtue and the knowledge and the temperance and all the things, including with the pristine attribute of love. Make sure you love the Lord. Love others. Let all your things be done with charity. Then he challenged them. He said, if you'll do this, if you'll grow in your Christian life, you'll be fruitful. You'll have good vision and you'll be stable and you won't fall. One of the things I love about the life and times of Johnny Colston is that he, he, uh, he stumbled, he never fell. He was faithful, he was a human being, he had a sinful nature just like all of us do, but uh, he stayed faithful to Jesus all the way through. When I grow up, I am going to be like that. I like to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, doing what God made me to do, comfortable in our own skin, maybe not doing what everybody else can do, but we can do what God wants us to do he said, you're not gonna fall. And he gave them a challenge for Christian experience, but he also gave them a reason for divine revelation. Because in the time that Peter spoke uh, and lived, there were many false teachers. There are false teachers today. They're on the radio, they're on the television, they're in our community. They are folks that, uh, that uh, do, there's villains and there's victims. Some people know they're bad, they're bad news, they know they're bad, they're doing it what they do for for finances or for fame or for a following. Many people are, they're they're victims, they just, they were born in that religion or raised in that religion or just suspect to those things. But they were challenging several things and Peter hits them hard and says, listen, here are some things they were challenged about. They They were challenging whether Jesus came and he was deity. And he challenges him with that. He says, look, he goes, I was with Jesus in the Holy Mount when I heard his father speak from heaven. This is my beloved son. And every Jewish person understood when he called God his father, he was equal to God. He was challenging the deity of Christ. He was challenging the word of Jesus. Oh, these are just fairy tales written by old men. He said, this prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. The holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. They were rebellious and arrogant. Speaking evil against magistrates. That's leaders. Speaking evil. By the way, I think you ought to watch your mouth. You just don't see a lot of smart, eloquent remarks coming out of the mouth of the disciples. You see them going about doing their work. They were persecuted by the magistrates. They were beaten by them. They did stand up to them from time to time when they, it came between the gospel and what they're asking them to do. But boy, they, they were not. He said, these false teachers, are you going to find them? They got, they've, got, they've got traits. They're rebellious. They're arrogant with their mouth. They speak evil. They say things against leaders that angels would not say. That's what the Bible tells us here and also in the book of Jude, verse 11 going on. He said they're immoral. They're, fed, they're, they're just filled with immorality. They're thinking about things they shouldn't be thinking about. They're, they're making merchandise of people. They've always got money on the brain, money on their mind. How can I get more money? And money is what they think about when they go to church. Money is what they think about when they go on Monday. Money is what they think about when they're a family reunion. Wherever they go, money's on the brain. And money will always be in the middle. And we've talked about money this morning. We talk about a piece of property, and every time we come to church, we ought to think about it. It's, it's part of the way people get the gospel of Jesus Christ. But money at church, people don't have a problem. You talk about money at Walmart, buy a house, you, know, you go to the title company, say, We well, you had this much. You don't go, How dare you? you've offended me? How dare you talk about money? When you go buy a car, they say, let's go talk money. You don't say, Hey, you've crossed the line there. No. All of a sudden, we get in the Lord's house, and everybody gets squirrely about that. Well, because money reveals not only where my heart is, but where my heart will go. God doesn't need our money to purchase property in Laos. He doesn't need our money. You can sit on your wallet, and you can sit on whatever else you have, and you cannot participate. That's between you and, and, and the Lord. We won't know. It doesn't really matter. God doesn't need me. He invites me to participate. So, well, pastor, I just got married, or we just had this, or we got all these kids. And you know, everybody can't do what you will do, and what you could do. But if you don't start doing something now, you'll never do something later. If you don't say, you know what, I'm going to do what I can do today. I'm going to be faithful to give and serve and do that. But this is, this is one of the problems of the day, and he deals with it. He's their covetous. He's said, all they are thinking about is just money on the brain, immorality on the brain, arrogant, rebellious. And he says, these are the folks you're going to know. You're going to know them by their manner, by the way they conduct themselves. You're going to know them by their message. You can test a false prophet by his, by his, by his message. What's the source of his message? Well, everybody's true prophets should take it from the scriptures, wouldn't you think? Someone says, well, you don't need your Bible this morning. Just listen to me. I want to give you a little philosophy. If I ever do that, throw me out on Oakley on my ear, all right? Go get someone who's gonna to preach to you the Bible. Our source should be the Bible. We see our subject, our subject should be Jesus. Somewhere along the line, Jesus ought to come into every preacher's mouth and not just talk about him, but who he is. I think also that we ought to, we ought to see that, that in, the, in the word of God and in, 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 their, in their message ought to be sanctification, holiness, salvation, Coming through the Lord Jesus Christ. Service. These are, these are what uh, true, true uh, prophets would talk about, but also false prophets are gonna have those things missing. We need to do that. But nonetheless, let's pick up our passage of scripture and let's just, let's make our way through We talked last week about uh, these things, and we talked on Sunday night a little bit about how that God knows how to deliver the righteous. You ever wonder like, When is God going to fix everything? He is. People who do what's right, the Bible says, be not deceived. Don't kid yourself. God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you'll the flesh reap corruption. You ever look out and see people who just don't give a rip about God? They don't live right. They live wickedly, but it seems like they still got cash in their pocket. They still got it going on. Let me just tell you, you know, years ago you heard about these two farmers. You got Brother Joe Jarnicky over here. He's been harvesting soybeans on his 150-acre farm for the last several weeks and other, other things. But I heard about this farmer. He was an atheist. And this other farmer was a Christian. And the atheist in the spring gave him a challenge. He goes, I curse your God. I don't believe in God. By the way, you know the, why they curse God? Because He's the real one. <laughs> so I don't believe your God, I'm an atheist you're a Christian, you pray, you go to that church every Sunday morning, you, you, uh, you take time out of your farming to go to the services and all that stuff and you read your Bible. I know, you've told me about it. He said, how about this spring? Let's plant the same seed on the same acreage and at the end, let's see how much I harvest and see how much you harvest. I'll curse your God and you pray to him, and let's see what happens when we come to the harvest time, and we'll see how much we put in the silos and what we make. And sure enough, that atheist was so excited, things were looking pretty good. Because it rains on the just and on the... <laughs> God doesn't say, well, you're, you're not saved, I'm going to give you no rain, this guy. No, he goes, I, I, I'm good to everybody. Everything ever happened to you came because of God's good. They walked away from the clerk after they turned in all their grain and the, and the atheist had more money turned in. And boy, was he pompous and excited. He said, how much did you get? He told him what he got. He goes, I, I got more than you. And he said, well, that's great. He goes, well, aren't you mad? Aren't you, don't we prove a point? He goes, no, what we prove is God doesn't sell, settle all of his accounts in October. <laughs> Sometimes he's very patient, and he works through things, and we see that wrong will be made right. God knows how to deliver the righteous, and he also knows how to bring judgment to the wicked. If you think you're doing something wrong, and God has not dealt with you, it's coming. Unless you're not his child, and if you're not his child, you may not experience as much challenging now, but you'll experience a lot more challenging at the great white throne judgment one day. And God's trying to tell us here, there is a judgment coming, and God is a good God, He's gracious, and all that should provoke us to love God and give the gospel to others in our lifetime. But let's look at verse number nine, can we please? Second Peter, chapter two, verse number nine, the Bible Bible's the Lord knoweth. If you're wondering if He understands, He knows. How to deliver the godly out of temptation or trials? And He knows to reserve the unjust to the day of judgment, to be punished but chiefly them that walk after the flesh. False prophets, people who, they're Judases among us. Someone said here, I heard someone say this long ago, Jesus had 12 disciples. One of them was a son of perdition. And here an old man said to me in the day, he said, Pastor, I wouldn't be surprised. After pastoring for 60 years, 70 years, If about 8% of the people who I preach to every Sunday were Judas's among us. If 8% of the crowd that Jesus gathered, Judas, went on to eternity without God, I'm afraid that many people who sit week after week, there is no new nature in them. Oh, that'd be terrible. But he's talking now, he said, now these 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 are the signs you can look at. By the way, I have some of these signs in me from time to time, and you'll have them in you. And he's going to tell us, now, the people that are struggling, here's what they're going to be struggling with. Let's look at verse number 10 again. He says, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness. He said they're going to be immoral. Are you morally pure? Would your phone say you're morally pure? Would your language say you're morally pure? Would your mind, would your activities, would your computer... Would your conduct and your conversation, are you a pure man? Are you a pure woman? Do your grandkids, your sons, your daughters, your brothers and sisters have a pure family member? That's a big thing. He said, this is one of the things that's gonna happen here. He said, you're gonna find that there are gonna be immoral, lasciviousness, uncleanness is gonna be the mantra of the age. And that's what happened. Look at the next thing he says. The second thing that we see here in verse number 10, and they despise government. They're rebellious. Don't tell me what to do. No one's going to tell me what to do. I'm in charge of me. No one has... They despise any kind of authority. But God ordained authority. In the home, in government, in the church, in your institutions. You don't have authority. You've got chaos. You've got anarchy. He said, but the sign of the time you'll see is going to be a, a bent toward immorality. It's going to be a despising of anyone who's authority, anyone who is over me. Look at the next thing the Bible tells us in verse number 10. He says, presumptuous are they. They just do what they want to do, and they say in their, on their own heart, you know, I'd rather ask forgiveness than permission. I'm just going to do what I want to do. They're they're presumptuous. The next word you see is what? Self-will. They they, they got an idea. They do what they want to do. They go where they want to go. They eat what they want to eat. They're motivated sometimes by information given to them, but they still harden in their heart. Self-willed. I know what I'm supposed to do, but they do the other, other thing. We find even Saul was one of the things that Saul did. And that David prayed, Lord, deliver me from presumptuous sins. When you and I know something's right to do, we don't do it. To him, it is sin. He said the sign of the days is that they'll be bent toward immorality. They despise authorities, and whatever they be, whether they be civil or family or church or institutional, they hate it. They're presumptuous. They got their own ideas, and they're going to do what they want to do. I know what they're trying to get me to do. I don't care. I know what God said. I had a lady the other day tell me. I've calculated my consequences. I know what God wants me to do, but I've already calculated my consequences, and I'm willing to pay them. You can't possibly calculate the consequences of being presumptuous. I know it's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. you got some area in your life where you got that problem? I know what they want me to do, but I'm not going to do it. I know what God wants me to do, but I'm not going to do it. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I, I'm just going to give them to you. You know, God gave me a free will, and he did. They're presumptuous. They're self-willed. This is, these, are, these are signs of the time. Does any of this, it seems like this could be in USA today. <laughs> and quite frankly, it's been in me. It's probably been in you a few times. I want to stay out of verse number 10. Let's keep going though. Let's finish it. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignities, of authority. They're, they have no problem speaking negatively and, and, and uh caustically and critically of those who are, who are dignities. Look at verse number 11. The Bible goes on to say, Whereas angels, they're braver than angels, which are greater in, in power and strength, bring not ray and accusation against them before the Lord. Even, even the angels know better to do than what I've done and you've done sometimes. We have all kinds of opinions. We want to just give them out there and speak evil of those who are dignities and authority." And the Bible says in verse number 12, but these natural brute beasts, he says are like animalistic. They're only out for what they can get. They just want to gratify themselves. They don't care. They eat their own babies. I, I can't, I hardly see it. every once in a while we've, we've been raising gerbils or guinea pigs and, or you see some animal that will just leave their babies. It's not natural affection. Well, they just do whatever's best for them. Oftentimes. They're animalistic. It just whatever, whatever works for me is what I want to do. Whatever fills my, they don't care about their kids. They don't care about their marriage. They don't care about the name of Christ. They, they got a pursuit. They're, 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 this is filling their, 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 um, their, their desires, their appetites. They don't care. That's what an animal does. You know, and an animal oftentimes just, they just, they, don't know what's going on. I talked about a man one time going up to visit a person whose loved one had passed away and he witnessed to them and. And there was a huge dog at the door, and the dog did begin to growl and bark. And, and uh, he realized quickly, the dog didn't know what was going on. I was there to help the family, and the dog came out to try to hurt me. The dog had to be put in the basement before I can go up there and minister. Well, that's just, that's what dogs do. They don't get it. They don't understand what they're doing. Oftentimes people, he calls them brute beasts, just impetuous. Do whatever they want to do, whatever makes them happy, whatever feeds their lust, whatever makes things good for them. This is how they can respond. Let's look at the next verse, if we can. Made to be taken and destroyed, like an animal that's made to go slaughtered. They're just going to live and die, live their live their life like a without any purpose or any benefit. Speak evil of the of the things they understand not, and shall utterly be perished in their in their corruption. And shall receive the reward of what? One of the things that the, that the false teachers were teaching is like there's no accountability. Like you, you know, when you talk about the judgment seat of Christ. Listen to tell you, just in a few days, if the Bible's true, and it is, it's appointed a man once to die, and after that, there's two days you ought to be occupied with. Today and that day. When you look at your life, when you look at your time, when you look at your talents, when you look at your finances, you ought to say, will I be happy on that day? But the prophets are telling them, they're saying, look, we don't give a rip about that. It doesn't matter. They don't care about a future. They don't care about accountability. They don't care about a reckoning. It's one of the things they were teaching the day. Look, it's, you know, they're, they're just trying to box you in. They're just trying to give you this legalism. They're just trying to guilt you into doing things. Let me just tell you something. There's something more than legalism. There's the scriptures that one day you're going to stand before God, and you're going to either be glad you did or wish you would have. And we see, and you read the rest of this chapter, He said, that one day people who do what they want to do will receive the reward for their unrighteousness. We'll We'll see tonight that unfortunately many people they know how to be saved, and they'll go to hell from the distance from what they know to what they've accepted. You know, the Bible does not say, for with the mind, a person believeth in the righteousness. What does it say? With the heart. A man believeth in the righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made in salvation. Whosoever shall call him the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, friend, people who have a knowledge, they know and they have a profession They have a reformation without a transformation. And then it leads to degradation and more wicked living, and it leads to condemnation. That's why you wanna be in Jesus. If any man be in Christ, there is no condemnation. No condemnation to those who are in Christ. I wanna encourage you to read the rest of the chapter of 2 Peter. Come tonight with the cake and we'll try to put some icing on it. But if you're here this morning, you're not sure if you were to die, you'd go to heaven. Today is your day of salvation. Don't go into eternity without Jesus. If you've been saved and you get baptized, I hope you'll get baptized today. If you're living as though you're arrogant, immoral, no accountability, you can do whatever you want to do, you're living to whatever feeds your flesh, you're not thinking about eternity. May God help us to ring our bell today and say, God, I don't want to live like that. Because God knows how to deliver the righteous. He knows how to bring judgment to the ungodly. Let's make sure that we stay in the place of deliverance and not in the place of destruction.